everyone, and welcome to episode 234 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zephrod Olive, and we got the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up this week, Richard? Hey, Seth, what's going on? Uh, a lot, apparently. We got a ton of news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, and that's going to be our main focus of the podcast, talking about all these crazy announcements, but before we get into that fun stuff, we have another co-host, content creator extraordinaire, Krim. What's up, Krim? Hey, how you doing, Seth? I'm doing pretty well, and I'm pretty hyped this week. Uh, we finally found out what the fall set is, Throne of Eldorain. So we got announcements from that. No actual cards, but we got some nuggets of information about it. We got an announcement about Brawl. We actually do have a couple of Brawl spoiler cards that just came out. We have these new packs coming. We might talk a little bit about the standard tournaments from this weekend. Uh, a new deck kind of breaking out in M20 standard. And then, of course, answering your fish mail. So that is our main plan for today. So, uh, Richard, let's start with the big news. We found out about the fall set. Why don't you give us the quick version of what is coming the end of September, beginning of October, uh, in, in a month or two? All right. Beginning of October, new plane, Eldraine, in Throne of Eldraine. And when it was initially released, people thought it was about fairies. So Krim got all hype, Bitter Blossom sold out, all these specs happened. Turns out it's not fairies, it's fairy tales. So close, close. They were close. So Goldilocks, <laughs> like I don't know, Cinderella. I don't know what fairy tales uh, they're going to do, but it is a medieval themed. I don't know, like three little pigs. I I, I don't. I think, yeah. I don't know. Camelot. But. Camelot meets Grimm's fairy tales. I think was uh, was Marrow's exact words describing it. Yeah, and along with so that's all we know, right? And we have a bunch of cool art that they showcase at Comic Con, and then uh, we have a new card frame which they showed off for a new mechanic, and it essentially looks like. Uh, you know, a normal card, and in the text box, it looks like a book. I, I don't know what it is, but it's like two sided. And then they also showed off the masterpiece version of it. Uh, and then the the card art is interesting. I I don't know. This must be like uh, three little oh, little red. No, what's the three? What's what's the bears and the the three beds and the just right size? What's that fairy tale? Oh, uh, three. Three bears. Is it three Arthur. bears? Oh, this is terrible. I think it's called the three bears. But it looks like it's the girl from that, and she has a bear trap, and there's like three dead bears in the picture. So this <laughs> is definitely your Innistrad take instead of your Disney take on this. Uh, but yeah, it's a little gruesome. <laughs> These poor little bears are, are all slaughtered. <laughs> That was uh, the first art I saw from this set, and that's the one that gave me a little bit of a like Game of Thrones vibe yeah. more so than uh, than the other ones. But then there's some that are just like straight up, like there's a gingerbread man that, knocking a pie one. out of a window and like running running away from a house. And there's like, uh, is it Cinderella with the apple and like the witch, uh, or is that Sleeping Beauty? I don't know. <laughs> oh I'm not boy, that up on my fairy tales. <laughs> we don't but, know MCU. But, we don't know fairy tales. <laughs> <laughs> but the art 
if you had told me they were doing a set based on fairy tales, I would have been pretty meh. But after, like, seeing the art, it actually looks pretty cool. Like, I, I'm actually kind of hyped for this set now. And if you told me fairy tales that, I would be like, eh, I don't, I don't know about that. But it actually seems kind of sweet. It's like, uh, what's that movie, like, Pan's Labyrinth or whatever? It's like that kind of twisted fairy tale world as opposed to Disney movie. And I don't know why Magic's never done that, right? Like, if we're talking about fantasy and we're talking about, like, crazy worlds and beautiful art, it just makes sense. So I, I think the set will be something special. I think it'll be, like, Innistrad level epic. That's my guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just excited to see what this gingerbread house is. So, like, I'm pretty <laughs> fixated on that. Uh, but wait, is it ruled out there's not even, like, there's going to be a few fairies or something, right? I mean, yeah, there, there's going to be <laughs> random fairies, but they're not a focus. Haha! <laughs> there's still a chance. <laughs> there's there's going to be, like, a two mana one two flyer or something in the set for your limited. <laughs> get, get ready for it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Like, the set looks amazing. And, and, uh, like I, I am a huge fan of like this kind of theme, and it does. It is kind of weird that it took them this long to kind of get here, but I'm happy that they did. So, any guesses on what this new frame mechanic is? It's an uncommon, so you know it's going to be happening at lower rarities. My guess is it has something to do with like turning pages or something. It, it'll be like sagas where you tick up from like the left hand side to the right hand side and do something. That that was actually my first guess is it would be like saga-esque where something happens and you kind of like go to the second page of the book uh, when you when you do something or I guess it could also be like somewhat flip card-esque except without the like the flipping over but like once a condition is met you go to uh, the next page essentially so uh, it's got to be something like that as far as like the exact mechanic of it I have I have no idea but it's got to be some like level up saga type mechanic for it to make any sense I think all right so along with your regular draft boosters okay we're, we're getting new new products coming with the set. So we we have a theme booster, which is 33 to 34 commons or uncommons, 1.1 rares, and one reference card. Now the 1.1 rares means, uh, I think like nine out of 10 will be rare and then one will be mythic. Uh, so like a, like random. And then these uh, boosters are meant for new players to uh, get cards relating to a theme to build out a deck. So my guess is it would be something like, I don't know, like a blue artifacts theme or something, something along that line to uh, help you fill out your collection. So, so actually, I we should say they're a those are actually not new. They started with Guilds of Ravnica. Wait, what? So we have had <laughs> yeah. theme boosters. Correct. They just haven't been, like, popular. I mean, maybe new players buy them, but I haven't really heard much hype about them. But yeah, they started them with Guilds of Ravnica, actually, but they're continuing them uh, with Throne of Eldraine. Wait, have they been from Guilds of Ravnica all the way till now? Yeah, yeah there's War of the Spark theme boosters, Guilds what? of Ravnica. I've never Ravnica even seen one of these. I think it's M22, so. They're probably, yeah, I'm sure there probably is. But yeah, the same setup where you get one rare, a bunch of comments on comments. They're roughly like twice the cost of a normal booster, I think, from what I'm seeing online. Like around $7.99 is what they seem to sell for. So if you just want like a mass of cards to play with, it's good. Except you're really like capped on the higher rarity stuff. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be like, I want to build a white deck, so I'll buy the white pack. And then you get a bunch of white commons and uncommons. 
So uh, usually not for us in franchise players and. Apparently, so much that I don't even know they existed. <laughs> so we'll move on to the exciting part of this, which is the collector booster. Yeah. Now this this is this is this is gonna be rough. Okay, it comes with one rare or mythic with extended art. Okay, so extended art is like the kind of like the um, the box toppers where like the art gets extended out, and there's gonna be an extended art version of every rare and mythic in the set. Uh, you're going to get one foil rare or mythic. You're going to get nine foil commons and uncommons. And then three special frame cards, which are showcase or borderless planeswalkers. So these will be masterpieces. Uh, one ancillary card, which is a random card they want to throw in. And they're saying for Throne of uh, Eldraine, it's going to be like things like buy box promos. And then finally, one foil token. So basically, like every single different frame version, premium foil uh, of the latest set in a pack. And this pack is going to be expensive. Seth, I think you you said they they said there was an approximate price for this because there's no more MSRPs. Yeah. So there, they said their expectation was that they would sell for somewhere in the twenty to twenty five dollar range per booster. So, uh, yeah, most expensive boosters that we have ever seen. And you do get cool stuff, though. I, I am really intrigued by this product. I think either it's going to be... It's also limited print run. So similar to master sets in some ways where uh, there isn't just uh, an infinite amount of these out there. So I think it's either going to be a smashing success and you're going to get way more than $20 worth of cards out of these boosters and they're going to sell out really quick. Or it's going to be the exact opposite where we see them selling for like 10 bucks online because there's just like not as much value as people were hoping. So I think it could go either way, but it's definitely a really cool, I, I think for me, uh, like lottery tickets, like scratch offs. If you ever see people play scat- scratch offs, there's a lot of like $1 scratch offs and $2 scratch offs. And then you always know like one person who buys like $25 scratch off tickets because they're <laughs> even stupider than the people that buy the, the $2 scratch offs. This, this is like the $25 scratch off of magic packs. I think like that's, that's a pretty good comparison. I think this is like, the Comic-Con promos released to the public now. If you think about the Comic-Con promos, it was like a regular pack with some random full art Planeswalker attached to it. And then you were just guaranteed a set, right? Because if you bought like the normal Mythic Edition, you would get all of the Planeswalkers in that plus some draft cards. Uh, Now it's like you're not guaranteed that, it's random. So if you're trying to get the whole set, you're going to have to get a lot of these. But this is basically a super premium way to get full art something, right? Like Planeswalker or Masterpiece, uh, whatever storybook card they have. Uh, So if you think, you know, when you pay $200 for an SDCC pack uh, for, you know, like five packs, essentially, now this is kind of the same thing. I think that's where they're going with this. I, I, I see me with the price of this. Uh, I, I see me more so just buying it as a single. There's probably going to be only a few things I want, and if and then I'll just I'd rather just buy it than buy the booster pack. But well, here's the thing: someone has to open these yep. boosters for you to buy the singles. Yep. 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 <laughs> I think that the question is going to be like looking back at past Mythic editions, for example. Uh, a lot of times, just random standard cards that don't have any 
serious demand in other formats are usually some of the least valuable of the cards in the Mythic editions that we've had over the last year. So I think for me, it's probably really going to come down to what eternal playables are in this set. If there's like heavily played modern cards or legacy cards or even like really good commander cards, that this is the only way you're getting them with this like crazy border and they're in high demand, then I could see these having a lot of uh, value and a pretty high EV. On the other hand, if you just have like, if the full art planeswalkers you can open are just random like mid-level standard planeswalkers, standard players don't really have, for the most part, the desire to spend a ton of money to build their standard deck that's going to rotate anyway. So I think that that's how the success or failure of this is going to be kind of defined. Like, is there eternal, eternal playable stuff that you can get out of these packs that you can't get anyplace else? I think that's the biggest question. So my question to you guys is, have we, do we have so many promos now that they're irrelevant? <laughs> Like, we have the regular card, we have the pack foil, we have the extended art, and then we're going to have some kind of non-foil variant, but non-extended art. <laughs> They'll be borderless. Uh, and then on top of that, you will have your actual promos, right? Like, your SDCC promos, your judge promos, whatever. Like, do we have too many versions of the same card? Nope. As someone who mix and matches all their artworks uh, and goes out of their way to do that, um, I am very happy about this. I can have my full art negate, my non-extended full art negate, my... <laughs> like, I could just have an artwork for just every, you know, like to, to fill in for the playset now. And I don't have to use one of the same card all the way across. I mean... I like to play matching cards, so I don't have the the same uh, interest that Krim does, I guess. <laughs> but I really don't think it's a a bad thing. Like, can you really have too many promos? I guess, like, technically, I'm sure you could. But I don't think that having, like, two or three different versions and people can just pick whatever version they like the most. And if someone's willing to spend, you know, five times as much to get some cool version compared to the normal printing, like, I think this is an okay way to go about printing these special cards and maybe Wizards making some extra money because they're all cards that are already in the set and you can get the cheap, like, normal version if you just want it for gameplay. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me. I'm Richard, does this uh drive you crazy from the perspective of like running goldfish <laughs> oh it definitely does because you know watsi hasn't cataloged these in any <laughs> way but I, i'm just thinking like these promos aren't special anymore they're like there's so many versions of it that they feel less desirable and then it's not even clear to me what is more desirable right if you see a foil versus a regular card you're like okay the foil must be more expensive but if you see an extended art versus a borderless you're like what is the difference and which one is better it just gets confusing, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I kind of just like the old days where you're like, look, you have regular cards, and then there's like, you know, Guru Lands or something, right? <laughs> like, just like crazy out there cards that you don't see, but it's, it's kind of like Full Art Lands, right? Back in the day, Full Art Lands are special. Now, like, there's so many Full Art Lands that you're like, oh, whatever. Like, they're just so flooded that when someone breaks out their Full Art Lands, you're like, oh, that's that's just normal. So I feel like we're getting to that point with the kind of all the alternate versions of cards. Maybe we'll 
get to the point where the normal version is like the cool version because there's so many other versions that people just like go back to the basics <laughs> and that's like the best version just the normal pack printing <laughs> and then we go back to white bordered cards and <laughs> no white white border is at the top of the pile crew. come on <laughs> we all know this i didn't think i had to go there <laughs> so i gotta ask you guys are people gonna buy these like how much of a market is there out there for a booster that costs seven times the price of a normal booster or something? Like, do you think there is going to be much demand? Is this going to be like we've seen with, like, Mythic Edition, where it sells out and people just buy it like crazy? Or are people just going to be like, eh, what, there's a million versions now, like Richard was saying. These aren't as special as they used to be, so I'm not going to spend 20 or 25 bucks on a single booster pack. I mean, l- like you had mentioned, if they're just trying to play standard, you know, get through standard, play whatever cards are needed, uh, and that's what these packs are filled with, then I'd say prob these somebody will buy it. There there will be a market, but I don't think it'll sell that much. But if there's other stuff and there's like a ton of modern things in there, or I mean there's a ton of cards from from the set that are modern playable, uh th- this this pack could be fun. And I mean for the it is for the collector, right? So I don't know. I, I could see a ton of people buying it just because it's a rare promo, different artwork kind of thing. Like I would want that. So yeah, depends if there's unique art. If there's unique art, I expect these to sell out like Mythic Edition does. If it's just you know normal art and then the set doesn't look particularly strong, then I think uh, they'll just hang around and you know people will buy some, but they'll you know they won't be scarce, right? So I, it's going to depend on what the art looks like and uh, how good the set looks. Hmm. I mean. They didn't say anything about new art on any of these cards, right? It, it sounds yeah, that, like that's what special <laughs> frames and like extended art, I guess. The one example they showed off, the art did look pretty new of like the little girl with the bear. The zoomed in version, you just kind of like see her face. And then the extended art version, you get to see like all the background with it. But still, I think it's the same picture, just like zoomed out and zoomed in. So I don't know if we're actually going to see new art on any of these based on just reading the announcement. Well, the showcase frame looks different, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the showcase art different frame, though, or just the frame? No, it's different. Okay. Yeah, like it, it's different. It, it's like the masterpiece looking frame, right? It's like all jazzed up. I don't know. Well, the frame has like the vines and all this stuff around yeah. it, but then the art itself is also different because you actually see the little girl like holding the cleaver and the dagger and then standing on the okay. bears and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay. So that that was first Comic Con announcement second comic-con announcement brawl you thought it was dead but it's not <laughs> we're getting 60 card pre-con decks from watsi directly just like commander decks for brawl i am trying to find if they listed the price <laughs> it's, it's so like 2017 of wizards <laughs> there was a time when people would have freaked out about brawl decks but i think they might be like a year or two past that point although they did say that they're bringing Brawl to Arena, which is probably the biggest news out of the Brawl announcement. Uh, so why why you're looking at the price, Richard? Does Arena Brawl mean Brawl is alive again? Like, do you think yes, that yeah. having it on Arena means there's going to be paper demand from people like picking it up on Arena? I don't I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that, but people will definitely be playing Brawl on Arena. It's a format that isn't you know standard. So I mean, well, it is, but like a different kind with the you know the the legend, the commander playstyle we know and love. So. Uh yeah, I think I think be, it being on arena it will be sweet, but I don't know if it's going to actually have a crazy effect on the paper world of brawl. 
Because I would just play Commander. I mean, I right? think this is basically what they wanted, right? Like, you want to play Commander, except we don't want to buy like 20 years of magic cards. So we'll just keep it to standard. And Arena has a standard, right? So this is perfect. And with the Brawl precons, they're building new cards specifically for Brawl. So whatever shortcomings you have, right, for Brawl, they can fix it right here. So hopefully it becomes a fun format, right? Like they can just make these random cards. It's like being able to make custom commander cards every set, right? Because they come in the pre-cons, they, they don't affect limited. And uh, if, you know, if you design them the right way, they won't affect standard either. So, yeah. I can, I can see that Brawl being pre-con. confusing for a newer player. I was like, oh, can I put this in my standard deck? You can, right? Can you? Yeah. You okay. can. You definitely the can. The cards from Brawl decks They're are like be Planeswalker decks. Like, most of the time, they'll probably be so bad that you don't want them in your standard deck, but you could put them in. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Brawl. I'm I think I've always thought that the issue with Brawl wasn't so much that it wasn't fun, it's that I'm not sure people want a rotating commander format. I think like a huge part of the reason that commander is popular is that it's not rotating. So I almost wish that they had made Brawl essentially like historic on arena where like it starts with Ixalan and you can play all your cards. And that would be another way to actually really truthfully and not just in name service, solve the rotation problem because a lot more cards are playable in a a 60 card singleton commanderist format than there are going to be in a like arena version of modern format. So I think that that is what really would have made brawl potentially successful is by not having it rotate every year. Cause I think brawl, offers a lot of value if it's like, oh, I can keep playing my cards or play the random cards that I have for standard or from opening a booster box. But I think it has a lot less appeal if it's like, oh, I got to spend hundreds of dollars to build this Brawl deck that's going to rotate in a few months. Yeah. So if you have to spend money to play Brawl, you know, it has to be a really good format. But if you're on Magic Arena, you have all these standard cards already. You don't even need to like de-sleeve and mix your cards around, right? Because you can just take your Brawl deck and then go play some ranked queues or something. That's the power, I think, of Magic Arena and Brawl. Right? In paper, you're like, well, I have to take my standard deck, take out these Mythics, and then swap them into my Brawl deck. It's like so much work. But on Arena, you don't have to do that. And you're going to have the surplus of just random cards anyway from opening packs and playing. So I think that's perfect. And every time we get Singleton on Arena, people go nuts. And uh, Brawl is just kind of like Singleton, right? So... As long as it's balanced, I think that's the key. Uh, if it's like, you know, standard is boring because there's only one deck, uh, same thing with Brawl, right? If there's only one or two viable decks, then it's boring and people will move on quickly. But if they can keep it balanced, uh, make interesting decks appear, then people will keep playing it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely awesome for Arena. I think Arena definitely needs more non-standard options, and uh, we've seen, like you said, Singleton be popular, so I do expect Brawl will be popular on Arena. Uh, not sure that it changes a whole lot in paper as far as, like... Having pre-con decks, maybe, but again, you're getting back to that problem where if you're, like, spending money on Brawl and paper, 
you should probably just spend that money on like a commander precon that you can play with everyone forever rather than a brawl precon that you can play with the one person that shows up to the brawl tournament for the next six months until rotation happens. <laughs> All right. How about I entice you guys with some previews to see what these new brawl cards look like? All right. First up, we have Arcane Signet, two colorless mana or two generic mana artifact tap, add one mana of any color in your commander's identity. That's pretty sweet. I mean, I, I like that mana. Yeah? It's like Felwar Stone, except you don't have to rely on your opponents having the right mana for you. Yeah, this is like... Uh, for me, this card is more about commander than brawl, personally, although I'm sure it's going to be great in brawl. But I think this is just a new staple. Like, this tops Signets, it tops the uh, Talisman, it tops... Uh, this might be the best two-mana mana rock in Commander now. Like, we've seen Command Tower, which is the same ability on a land, just be an auto-include in literally every deck you build that's more than one color. And I think this is going to be the same. Maybe you don't play in green decks because you have the green ramp, but I think this is just the new best two-mana mana rock in Commander. I, I agree with that. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, like, it's Command Tower, but on a mana rock. I love it. Also... I like Felwar Stone, though, because you can steal your opponent's spells and then play them later. <laughs> oh, you can just play them both. Yeah. I did want to say, too, yeah. like, with this card, it's really interesting that uh, one of the challenges of Brawl is what we were talking about earlier, that the cards are standard legal. So cards like this are a way that you can make a two-mana mana rock for Brawl that isn't a two-mana mana rock for standard, even though it's technically standard legal. So I think it's kind of... I expect we'll see more of these designs, because I don't think they're going to try to break standard with these Brawl cards, or print even, like, standard staples, or even really playables uh, as the new cards in the Brawl deck. And this is a pretty, like slick way to make a really strong mana rock that is going to technically be standard legal that has absolutely zero relevance to standard. Wait, I'm confused. If you have no commander, does this add a colorless or does this do nothing? It is just a two-mana artifact. <laughs> it does nothing. Oh, so it's my Farseek. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is your Farseek. <laughs> but but I like, like, we see where they're going already, right? Like, okay, brawl, whatever, but like, huh. Com ways to inject commander cards into standard products. Okay, next we have a legendary uh, Trulane Teller of Tales, two green, white, blue, five CMC, two, four, legendary creature, human druid, vigilance. When you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, three tap, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. Th this card's sweet. I, I am a huge fan of this card. This this is like, if it wasn't for the insane mana cost, <laughs> this would be another staple in Commander, right? I th I think even yeah. even with that this mana is like cost. Beast Whisperer or whatever. Plus, you just get to randomly play lands. I think this is still a yeah. a Commander playable card, and I think it's a pretty fun like build around Commander. Like, it, it kind of has a Zendikar resurgent feel to it, where you get that trigger whenever you cast, but then you get to put lands into play, which gives you the mana to keep casting spells, especially of like a mana double route or something. So, I actually think this is commander playable and probably one of the sweetest commanders to build around in brawl which has uh, many fewer commanders than actual commander yeah i'm kind of kind of on that but like i think this will just this can definitely get played in commander this card is sweet oh it will if you play band yes but you have to play band so <laughs> yeah like there there's just so many things like i i want to do with this card i mean well i just want to draw cards but like <laughs> that's mainly the only thing i want to do and it does it like very well i mean i you have a bunch of uh you just load this up with a bunch of like, you know, just small little tiny creatures and then just, uh, like just draw through your whole deck. 
So more interesting question maybe, is there any chance this can see play in standard? It seems really slow, but it is powerful. Nissa it is powerful. Makes a creature land, you can return it, <laughs> protect Ooh. it, play it <laughs> again, draw like you know, <laughs> play the land again. <laughs> you can, a way to protect your land. It's like uh Living Twister, but two more mana and has a way more upside i mean i've i've seen people play beast whisper in standard like and beast whisper is one less mana the same ability except it loses all the extra stuff and it has a worse body so i don't think it's impossible that a five mana beast whisper could see play with all these additional upsides and dodging like lightning strike uh we also have okay well i guess this doesn't have flash but we could throw this into a deck that like the simic flash deck and then look at that we could protect it Ooh, or or man could you imagine this with risen reef going yeah there you, <laughs> you go you would just go through your deck so quick i mean you can little to fairy yeah you would draw two cards by bouncing your own creature and replaying. Look at the value. But this also gets I, bounced I, by a little Teferi for five mana <laughs> and has no side effect, like no effect at all. It removed the uh, removes some loyalty. Yeah, oh that's yeah, like, that's true. That's, that's like true. A shock. They drew a card. <laughs> if, if your opponent goes to bounce it with Teferi, you can always just like pay three and bounce it yourself to show them what's up. Uh, uh, unless <laughs> <laughs> this is talking on the turn it comes down, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I'm actually this I'm actually probably more excited about this than the the premium boosters because we're getting a lot more commander cards and Brawl is getting cards specific to its format to help it become exciting. The problem is you played with all these standard cards and, you know, Standard doesn't have any Multiplayer Matters cards. Amander, imagine playing Commander without any of the Commander pre-con cards. Like, all the cards that deal with multiple players, politics, choosing, all of those are gone. It's a little boring, right? So now, Brawl has a way to get those kind of cards into the format. Here's my, my one concern, is what if there's, like, a Standard staple that's a four of... <laughs> that's a four of in Standard that shows up in one of these decks? <laughs> Time like, to buy up Brawl Precons. <laughs> uh, like, we've seen bad things happen with, like, True Name Nemesis, and that's in Legacy, a format that has, I don't even know, one one-hundredth of the demand of standard? Like, Legacy's a niche format. Could you imagine if there was a, a whatever, Teferi-type card that you wanted four of for one of the best decks in standard? Uh, I mean, we survived Nexus of Fate. Like, what, well, <laughs> I, what more do we need? Loosely survived it, yeah. <laughs> I mean these these have to be like 10 bucks or something, right? 15 bucks. Oh. I don't there's no I can't find a price, but I bet they're How expensive do you think they'll make these? I mean, commander decks are what, 40? They're about 35 MSRP. 35 right? I mean, like, at, like when you buy it off the shelves. I would expect this to be 30, 25, 30. Mm, this makes it less appealing. I guess the the planeswalker. So the planeswalker decks are what, 15 and they come with mm-hmm. a pack two packs i don't remember I it, anymore. Uh, yeah it's a non-zero amount of packs but it's also an extremely not powerful deck <laughs> yeah but i mean that gives you the floor for price right so i think seth is right that these will probably be 25 bucks i would think they'd be like a little less than commander because you're getting 60 cards compared to 100 cards so i would i would assume that it should be cheaper just based on that but it's also got to be more expensive than like throwaway stuff like the or like new player focus stuff let's say like the planeswalker decks yeah so 2025 sounds about right yeah 
and new format for arena so exciting but it's, but it's only 1v1 right yeah yeah okay that's the part i'm not excited yeah, it's about only 1v1. oh wait it's only 1v1 yeah, yeah i guess yeah i mean it, think of it as a replacement for singleton i think that's the niche like one of the biggest requests for arena is to have singleton be available all the time so people have another option and if brawl is just always available and not once every two months for a weekend i think that there's value just in that essentially like even though it's not multiplayer and it's not you know the same as commander i think just having another format that's different and available all the time is a big deal it is nice i mean it is nice to have something that i like isn't just standard another and it, yeah. when you're upset at standard you can then play singleton standard <laughs> yeah like sometimes you just get nexus one too many times so you're like oh well you know i i, I just go back i i go play like best of one for like three hours and then i'm like okay cool now i can go back to standard then i get nexus again so then i go back (laughs) i i do think they should think about making it historic though i think that would be i think that would greatly increase the appeal of brawl that that would be modern brawl that'll be another form (laughs) modern brawl Hmm. <laughs> so, any other thoughts on any of our announcements stuff? So, Throne of Eldraine, Brawl stuff, premium packs, the spoiler cards, anything else about that before we move on to other topics? Oh, I, re- I really want to see what these new the new Planeswalker is. Oh, actually, speaking of Eldraine, I believe that they confirmed that uh, Will Kenrith, and I think Rowan Kenrith as well, yeah. are both in the set. They were actually initially designed for Eldraine, but then they showed up earlier in Battle Bond, so... They don't look very fairy tale to me. Wait, is that is but, that who the yeah. Red Riding Hood and armor is supposed to be? Uh, that I don't know. Wait, wait, hold on. Using my expert art analysis? Mm, no, I don't think so. Is that her? I don't think so. I, I guess. But I, I do want to play with this, like, Riding Hood, man. Like, look, it's a little girl in the fort. Wrong, it's a knight, you're stabbed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like not only a knight, planeswalker. <laughs> she, she's like casting magic or something too. Yeah, like the art looks amazing. So I, I definitely want to like see what this planeswalker does. And I wonder if there'll be a yeah. passive, a new passive for me to play into and regret. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about standard before we get to fish mail. There was a big standard GP this weekend in Denver. Or Actually, big. there's no big standard <laughs> GPs anymore. There's no big GPs, period, anymore. Maybe Vegas It was 600 big, people. Yeah, Wizards has, uh, has killed competitive magic, sadly. So, uh, so, But there was a GP. Let's not say big. There was a GP this weekend. Uh, there was no coverage, of course, which is especially sad because LSV uh, went on a run, actually won the GP, which uh, I'm sure there would have been a ton of viewership if there had been coverage because people just love LSV. I mean, it's LSV, the person who moles to four at, the, at a pro tour. <laughs> Where we get a new mulligan rule. Like, people love LSV. Uh, but he took down the GP with Bant Scapeshift, and I think that's the biggest takeaway of this tournament. Four of the top eight decks were Bant Scapeshift builds, and uh, apparently it's the new deck to be in standard. So, uh, Krim, and also Richard, what do you think about this Bant Scapeshift deck? Is this a new top-tier deck in standard? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's... First off, it's not hard to, like, get, like, to accelerate with all the little, uh, like like whatever uh ramp creatures like elvish reclaimer growth spiral all this other stuff so you can kind of go fairly quickly and on top of that not many things are really interacting with feel of the dead right now i mean with the you would think with everyone's like mana base right now there'd be like a like four field of ruins before it rotates 
Uh, like, there's just not many things, so you have to kind of like, like, you can't just hate out Scapeshift. Like, you can unmoor ego Scapeshift, but they could just play the lands normally and just like get the zombies anyways. So, kind of just hard to interact with outside of unmoored egoing the field of dead, like just on three. But if, if they end up playing a field of dead on the board before then, then it's like, well, they still have a field of dead, so they're still able to net zombies. Yeah, and they have like crosses and stuff, so there are ways they can win without the scapeshift plan even though like scapeshift is the most devastating thing that that can do yeah and and, like there's there's a question of teamer or bant and the reason why bant is pretty sweet is you getting to fairy and that's and i know i know that is (laughs) is obviously something that i i think is sweet but it is very nice to be able to go and like when uh you're playing against an aggro deck and you get to instant speed circuitous route or instant speed scapeshift get a bunch of zombies block I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think looking at the deck list, uh, I think LSV really deserved to win the GP. If you look at the four different builds of Scapeshift, he had one card in specific in his sideboard that no one else was playing. And uh, apparently reading some of like the tweets and like pseudo text coverage of the top eight, Deputy of Detention was like the mirror breaker where uh, if because I think there were multiple Bant scapeshift mirrors that LSV had to play in the top eight, but if your opponent can scapeshift into a bunch of zombies, uh, Deputy Detention is a way that you can wrath away all of your opponent's zombies, so it's kind of, I think maybe that's where you go as far as, like, fighting against scapeshift. You still can get janked out by, like, end-of-turn scapeshift off to fairy, you don't have a time to cast Deputy Detention, but it seemed like that was the key card for LSV's build being able to take down other builds. Uh, also, cute to see everyone playing a Johnny's Welcome <laughs> as Mono Red Hate or some <laughs> of the players just to, like, gate a bunch of life as your zombies come into play. So, uh, definitely really cool deck. Yeah. And, like, 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 you have the, you have Dovin's Vetoes to, like, just hard counter anything that needs to be countered. Like, the, the build looks very much so well tuned. I like it. The only, only downback is, uh, drawback is it is one of the decks that's pretty much dead at rotation. Like, I guess maybe you can build just some sort of rampy deck, but with Scapeshift itself rotating, you're gonna lose that, like, combo finish where, like, oh, I made 30 zombies and you're dead. I, I think you could maybe still play, like, a fair version where you just play all your ramp spells and try to make a few zombies a turn, but it seems like the deck is kind of, like, something for the next month or two, really, until rotation hits. I'm kind of sad. Like, this is the combo deck I'd love to see in Standard. Uh, I, I, I think this deck is totally fine, and, uh, Oh, that's just because it has to fairy. No, 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 no. There's the teamer version. I'm okay with that too. I, I think, I think the deck is just, it's, it's a bummer that Scapeshift was like, you know, reprinted what a year now or yeah, whatever M19 was. And, uh, and, and then it's finally getting played, except it's in the last couple of months. Man, I wonder if you could do like a Scapeshift, like a Scapeshift Nexus hybrid. It seems like the cards would no, work no together. No <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> but, but you could still play Teferi. Does oh. that change your mind? No, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I've uh, openly said I'm willing to give up Teferi as long as I never see Nexus again. <laughs> uh, actually, I've been thinking about rotation. Before we get to fish mail, which we need to get to, uh, what are you most happy to see leaving? We've had some pretty annoying decks in standard nexus uh, some people would say big to fairy uh, mono blue is another pretty reviled deck what's the the one decker card that you're like oh my god i can't 
I can't wait for rotation for this to be gone. Next is a fate. I'm throwing a party. I'm just going to, once it leaves, it's like going away party. Thank you. You know, <laughs> get out of standard. I am so happy for that to leave. Uh, what about you, Teferi. Richard? Teferi. Teferi. Get, get this card out of here. It's been all over standard for so long. We, we need a new face of standard. I... I actually think it's Curious Obsession for me. I think I hate losing to Mono Blue. Like, the one-drop Curious Obsession, counter all your stuff for the rest of the game. To me, that feels way more demoralizing, honestly, than Nexus or even Teferi. I feel like I could beat Nexus or Teferi, but whenever I see one-drop into Curious Obsession, I immediately go into, okay, uh, this game's over mode. <laughs> uh, but they have de- the decency to kill you quick, you see. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like, oh, let me use my emblem as a finisher, yes. <laughs> Uh, all right uh let's uh let's answer some fish mails all right uh if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air wallix braxton hey seth i was wondering whatever happened to lantern control is it really that poorly positioned in the current meta or is it more of a pilot issue do you think what do you think it will take what do you think it would take for it to be good again Ooh. So I think there's multiple problems that is kind of keeping Lantern Control down. One is it is a hard deck to play, and you have to not just know your deck, but know the metagame to be successful with Lantern Control. So that crosses some number of players off the list. Uh, a sneaky reason that it's really rough now is the prevalence of Karn the Great Creator, which just kind of <laughs> shuts down your entire plan of playing these janky <laughs> tap to mill you for one stuff. Don't even need Mycosynth Lattice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just need the card in that matchup. So I think that's part of it. And the other thing is, uh, we see Word Prison, I think, has kind of uh, almost evolved out of the Lantern Control decks, but in a way where you don't necessarily need to scoop to a Karn the Great Creator. And you have game, we saw a Mono Blue Prison deck do really well at the SCG team event. So I think that you can play something similar in Word Prison decks that are a little bit better in the current metagame. All right. Huston Ash, are you aware of the best format, Canadian Highlander, popularized by LLR, LRR, 100 card singleton vintage, no ban list but points, 10 points in your deck. Are you interested in playing or making content? I think the, 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 the thing about that is just like you can't do it on Moto, right? Yeah, there is no Moto support. And in paper, that would require you having a vintage collection to begin yeah. with. <laughs> So uh, it is a fairly exclusive <laughs> format, but it does look interesting. You do get to play with uh, all the powerful cards, but you can only choose some due to the point system. So that's how they balance it. Yeah, I think it's a, a really cool format. Uh, I like the idea of the point system deck building restriction, but I just don't really know anyone that plays it. So it's not uh, like something I have access to playing, and it's not like there's queues on Magic Online you can jump into. So it, it intrigues me, but I don't know if I will ever actually get a chance to play it. Yeah, this would be perfect for Magic Online. Decks would be pretty cheap or you know reasonably costed, uh, but otherwise... If I was going to go buy all these cards, I'd probably play Vintage first. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but. maybe we'll have to do a, a Goat Magic, Richard. Because it is possible to just do, to like put together a freeform deck on Magic Online. So maybe maybe we'll do a mm. Goat Magic and just try a match of Canadian Highlander for fun at some we point. We should. We should. Yes, that's a good idea. Uh, 
MTG Blizzka, do you think with Bridge being banned that a combo deck with Alter Dementia and Undead Alchemist will see play? Also, is there a place we can get your outro music? Um, I, I, I think there's the Hogak Dredge deck still just be, like doing fine without Bridge. Actually, <laughs> wait, is it is it is it still a good deck without Bridge? I mean, it's not what it was, but I I think I've run into it a few times online where <laughs> where it's just I, I don't know if that's just people like you know keeping the dream alive or or not, but <laughs> like it's still out there. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure uh, Canister twelve owed the last. <laughs> less modern challenge with post-banning Hogak, so it's still it's still an actual legitimate deck. It's not the only deck in the format anymore, but I think it's still, like, a real playable deck. Uh, I don't know about the Undead Alchemist plan. It seems fragile and slow. I mean, you can also use, like, Desecrated Tomb. There's other ways you can kind of try to, like, get creatures for free as stuff goes in and out of the graveyard, but the the thing that made Bridge from Below powerful is you don't have to cast it. Like, all you gotta do is put it in your graveyard, and then you get all that val- value. If you have to cast a 4-mana 2-3 to try to combo off, uh, I think the deck loses a lot of its appeal. So, I think the combo versions are are more or less dead, but Beatdown Hogak, still pretty legit. Yeah, and outro music uh, is in the YouTube description. Uh, True Cross 77 watched the last Commander Clash and thought of a cool idea. Uh, Tomer says Rise of the Dark Realms is a Crim signature spell. What cards are in signature spell book Crim, Richard, Tomer, Seth, and why? <laughs> oh, that's a. <laughs> you want to take that one away? I, I think I, I could probably think of a few of Seth's. Like cards well, in Seth Seth's is easy. Panormonicon. Yeah, yeah I, I actually did this like a year ago <laughs> on Drifter. April Fools. Blood Moon, Panormonicon, Panormonicon again. Siege Rido. <laughs> uh, Sphinx's tutelage was in there. Tree of Redemption, and uh, oh, Sierra Angel. <laughs> Wait, why is Tree of Redemption? Oh, for the memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they've just randomly put Tree of Redemption in a master set. We're like, why? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was why. That was that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like. I don't know for Richard. Probably like Thoughtseize, Tarmogoyf. <laughs> Liliana. No, that, that's Liliana that's Spiky Richard. It's, Liliana's got to be on there still. O- almost like it's a curve. <laughs> I've never played Liliana Commander like ever. Like maybe like once. Uh, skeleton. <laughs> uh, what's a skeleton? It, there's no, got to no, be no. a skeleton. Uh, Death Baron. It's got to be Death Teferi's Baron. Protection. Oh, yeah. Vesuva Thespian <laughs> Stage. <laughs> maybe like True Conviction. <laughs> true Conviction. <laughs> If the, uh, what about Krim? Is this just for Commander? Eh, for anything. Uh, Probably Teferi. Uh, it could Teferi. be for like Teferi. Teferi. I mean, does it matter? Like, you, do you distinguish your Teferi's from Commander versus... <laughs> That's true. I mean, I put it... I, the, the sliver battle, the, the first the first sliver battle, I definitely <laughs> stuck Teferi in there, but... Actually, you know, all my decks have Teferi. No, that that's A actually demon? true. What what you, demon would you have? I think for the demon I that I'd... I think the demon I always play is... Is the uh, ten mana one that blows up everything, <laughs> the one that is extremely uncastable? As I always get mana stuck for it, but oh, whatever. Like dread cacodemon or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, dread cacodemon, Lord of the Pit, <laughs> or not Lord of the Pit, um, Lord of the Void, <laughs> and and, uh, and and mana drain. <laughs> 
because I would I play that in everything that I can. The card is very. What, good. what would Tomer's cards be? Kiki Jiki, Zelda's Kiki Jiki, Deceiver Exarc, uh, Moonfolk. What's Edric? the Moonfolk legend? Edric. Oh, uh, probably Caldra. I don't know if that's three separate cards or you mash <laughs> them all together, but definitely Caldra. And then and yeah. then Kiki Jiki one more time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh. Okay. Confused column. Hey guys, I have a question for Krim. Which anime character would you like to see as a magic card, and what kind of card? Oh, okay. So you know we we had we had like what like the old magic. There was like cowards and stuff like yep. that. So I'd love to see Shinji from Evangelion come back. <laughs> and I just I, I don't know. I want them to bring that mechanic back. Well, no respect for him. Come on. He played like almost the entire <laughs> series and and spawned a whole new like. Like a line of complaining main characters. So I am, that's what I would like to see. Speaking of animes and magic, uh, the Russo brothers did a panel at SDCC and mentioned that, uh, there's potential for live action magic spinoff. Like, uh, it's starting with an animated show, but, uh, that's something that's on the table and has potential. Yes. And if it's done by the Russo brothers, you know it's going to be great. Or, I mean, I guess maybe uh, you, like, well, Seth, you specifically who, who don't know that, <laughs> but, 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 like, <laughs> because I don't think you watch Marvel movies, but. <laughs> uh, Nigrin Matthias, hey guys, I love Commander Clash, but I think many of the latest episodes are ruined by someone slamming a powerful permanent and everybody goes, I don't have an answer in my hand slash deck. Uh, don't you think gameplay would be better with more interaction? Huh. Yeah, I don't feel bad because you could play interaction. <laughs> <laughs> you could kill a damping sphere with your red deck. Come on, people. <laughs> it's not my it fault. On. It's your fault. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we usually have enough interaction. I mean, sometimes just nobody has it, but I feel like very rarely has someone just slammed something down early and then like that was the game. No, no, that, that's happened for me. <laughs> well, I mean, no, the game for you, but everyone, the, the rest of the board progressed. No, okay, okay, but the thing is, like, I I don't know how, like, Seth has it on curve, like, oh, is it a two-mana hate card? I've got it. <laughs> Me, I, I've got, like, four, ten different ways to kill an artifact, don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, individual hosers aren't bad. If it's something that hoses the entire table, usually the other three will have an answer for it, but if it just hoses one person... <laughs> Everyone else doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to spend their tutor to save you. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I think, like, on the other hand, like, is a game fun if someone just, like, combos off on turn three? Or, like, someone just uh, reanimates something game-ending on turn four? Like... I think there's value to playing cards like that. I think that my thinking on those type of cards in Commander is uh, I don't like hard stacks pieces or whatnot, but I, I think that playing things to slow the game down a little bit uh, and keep people from doing broken things actually can lead to more fun games. At least that's what I tell myself when I want to sleep at night. <laughs> I actually think it's worse. I think it's better to stack the whole table than to stack one person. Yeah. <laughs> If you stacks one person, then that person does nothing. But if you stacks the whole table, it becomes like an arch enemy game, right? So it's uh, it's more interesting. Like I think I'd rather see an Armageddon go off than like I don't know, like a, a choke or a boil against <laughs> like a a monocolor deck. <laughs> 
okay, Run Thunder Snow. I read your article about decks at rotation, but you didn't talk about a great deck that could come back post rotation. Gates. What are some thoughts about Gates post rotation? Uh, I mean, you don't lose any gate stuff. You still got Hydroid Crosses. <laughs> I, I uh, the pieces are still there. I think that. Uh, there's no reason you couldn't play Gates. The only issue is Gates is kind of... Uh, I think it's struggled since War of the Spark, uh, and I'm not sure that it's going to be in the right place in the meta to be good again, but you still have all the pieces if you want to play the deck, and they're still pretty budget-friendly. Like, you could do the Reclamation uh, build with Gates, win with Expansion Explosion, I guess. I, like, I think the issue... Hmm. The problem I have with Gates is, like, the most powerful thing you can do with the deck is just draw cards, like Guild Summit. Uh, the Sweeper is also very good, but that gets shut down by Narset. Teferi can, like, bounce some of your key pieces that you want to stick on the battlefield. So I think it just lines up awkwardly with where the format is uh, in general. All right, there you have it. So thank you to everyone who sent in their questions this week. If you have questions, you can send them to... MTG Fish Mail at MTG Goldfish, and we'll get to your questions on air. So I think that this brings us to the end of episode 234 of the Goldfish Podcast. But before we go, quick question. We actually have, and we didn't mention this the whole cast, and we probably should. Uh, there's a Mythic Championship this weekend. It's modern, taking place in Spain starting on Friday. So uh, on the way out the door, what deck's going to win this uh, first post Modern Horizons, post-London Mulligan rule, Modern Pro Tour. Blue-white, Krim? Blue-white. Tarmogoyf is ready, friends. <laughs> I, I do, He's never been stronger. <laughs> I, I do think that there will be a fair amount of, like, Ren and Six decks because everyone loves Jund, but <laughs> I... Or maybe it's because everyone knows that everyone loves Jund <laughs> that, <laughs> that we played Tron this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, Lantern Control will win. <laughs> I think someone's going to break the Urza deck. That's my prediction. This It's Urza's breakout in the paper world. Is Matt Nass playing? Yes, Maybe I believe he oh, is. Yeah, there's a strong chance. KCI. Yeah, K- whatever. <laughs> did they, how many pieces did they remove? It only makes them stronger. <laughs> Some, something's about to get banned this weekend. <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I, I oh. genuinely believe, though, that blue-white is popular enough. Like, you know, every everyone has the deck. Um, and blue white yep. does have, you know, solid answers, uh, all across the board and, you know, just a very solid game plan and people like that. So, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I, I would play the Esper variant, but yeah, blue white's really popular. Anyway, uh, you can find out this weekend at mythic championship four. Uh, I think we're up to. So, uh, with that. We're done for this week. Krim, Richard, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back next week with results from the Mythic Championship. Who knows? Maybe we'll have more spoilers. Whatever else happens in the world of magic in the next seven days. So until then, this is the crew signing out. <laughs>